Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. All right, Phil, let's dive in. So baseball is back. They finally got it figured out. What do you think about that? You know, actually, you're saying that to me. It's news. I, oh, okay. Breaking uh, I news. Well, I generally don't do news in the morning. I well, do it was it yesterday afternoon. At, yeah. 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 Well, boy, I just missed it. But that's great. Yeah. Maybe uh, I'm a little bitter, but I... Uh, <laughs> Because yeah. I like spring training down here in Florida, but... Uh, yeah, I was going to ask if you get down there. Yeah, I do. You know, I'm a Cardinal fan, as are you. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm a baseball fan. Yeah. I'm a purist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's fun, to, it's fun to do that down in Florida. Yeah, I've heard that in spring training, you're sitting close to the players than you are in a normal game, and they'll come engage with you. I had a client who said he's a financial advisor. One of his clients had a, a bucket list of going to spring training and they had talked about it. And he said, Hey, pack your suitcase. You're going to go to, you, you've done it. You've, you've arrived. So uh guy got to go down and, and check out spring training. So uh, that nice. was awesome. Nice. And then, yeah, it seemed to be uh, related to the, the profit share, the league profit sharing and, you know, the younger players not being part of the salary cap. And then one of the items was they were removing the incentive for teams that tank, you know, to try to get better picks for the last year. I remember uh, Bob Costas accusing the Pittsburgh Pirates of doing this a number of years ago. He said, uh, I don't know how many Andrew McCutcheon bobblehead nights these people are going to be able to put up with before somebody finally <laughs> calls them out on it. Oh, so, that's yeah. Bob. Bob, not me. So you and I have had a lot of conversations about delivering a great client experience and how important that is in building a successful practice. It's also crucial to continually search for ideal clients so the business continues to thrive. You use a phrase, you know, you say uh, prospecting to your passion. Can you explain that? Yeah. Well, when you're first starting in the financial services industry, you know, it's it's an understanding. You meet with anybody that fogs a mirror, right? Anybody who has a pulse because you're trying to build clients, you know, test your skill level, work toward building out a client base. And so you're going to make some choices about, well, or maybe not make choices about who's a part of your experience. You're trying to be everything to everybody. And as time goes by, you do build a client base. And for a lot of advisors, they get stuck in this hamster wheel of mm -hmm. what to do with client relationships that weren't, that aren't growing with them. Mm -hmm. And how do I focus on building strong relationships for the future? In other words, right at about the five-year marker, you might say to yourself, you know what? I'm starting to not enjoy this engagement anymore. And so what I coach to with advisors is after about five years, they get to choose who gets their client experience. They get to choose it. In other words, they don't have to be everything to everybody anymore. Mm -hmm. And so in doing so, 
designing the environment so that you are starting to bring on clients that share common interests, mm -hmm. hobbies, interests, passions. And so what I ask everybody to go through is what are those passions? What are those things that you're interested in? Maybe it's a sports team. Maybe it's the theater. Could it be food and wine? Mm -hmm. What are the interests that you have? And then to make sure that you're introducing these passions to the people that you're currently working with mm -hmm. to be introduced and connect with others. Yeah. And I, I've worked with firms that, you know, they'll encourage advisors to, you know, what they call optimize their practice, where they'll start separating out some of the, the clients that might not be a great fit and maybe, um, you know, handing them to a, another person on the team. You know, I've got someone that can do, that would be a better fit for you. I think it's the way the conversation might go. Yep. So, so I've heard some advisors say they want to build like a lifestyle practice that will allow them to build a, a legacy how can prospecting to passion help in that situation? Somebody that's trying to to keep their build out their their practice so someone can, you know, the next generation can maybe take it over. Yeah, there's a lot involved in legacy practice. Okay. One is uh transition, partnering, who's going to potentially buy you out at some point. But the connection to passion is about designing a legacy practice where the bulk of the clients, the majority of the clients have these like interests and have and share these passions that maybe the new advisor has similar passions. Mm -hmm. So if you're building out a partner over time or you're growing a an entity, if you will, that there are things that you're known for. And I have this um mantra, for lack of a better term, that I share, which is there are three things that separate good from great advisors. And the first one is who they're in front of. The second one is the team you build around you. Mm -hmm. And the third one is client experience that you provide. So those three things become a filter for how you build your practice, build your legacy, build something about what you're known for. But they also clearly become a filter for prospecting. Mm -hmm. Who's going to appreciate the client experience you're providing? Who's going to connect with the team you assemble? Potentially, your team even has similar passions. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, of course, is who you're in front of. Continuing to replicate character of people, continuing to replicate the interests, passions that they have that connect with you, mm -hmm. and then continuing to connect with a profile of client where you feel like you're giving the best surgical approach to their planning, which doesn't just include the financial planning, but actually includes the uh, character traits. Yeah. I hear the last couple of years, people referring to their, saying it's a boutique there firm, go. a boutique practice that, that's got a cachet to it. Great example. So you, yeah. So you also talk about uh, testimonial prospecting where an advisor creates an introduction based on their character traits instead of what they do, which I think is interesting. Can you explain how this works and why you think it's so effective? Well, character traits, again, core values comes into play, but also the testimonial prospect. I've probably done more testimonial prospecting to build my coaching brand than any other strategy. 
And I have about eight of them that I teach. It's a part of the coursework that, that we provide. But in particular, the testimonial prospecting is all about what are the three things you like about working with me and my team? Mm-hmm. And so instead of asking for feedback, which a lot of people do, where it can go down a customer service track, what I'm talking about is what do you like about the relationship we have and what we provide? It's more about emotional connection, more about a feeling that you have. It's more about a testimonial that says this person is different mm-hmm. than everyone else out there. Because once you start playing at the top of the food chain with financial planning or financial advising, everybody's got the same credentials. Sure. You know, they may even have the same planning software. <laughs> but what does separate is who you are, what you stand for, yeah, and what is important to you in that process. So that's really where I focus attention into testimonials. Yeah. Now, uh, I'll add one more thing. If you can convert those testimonials, then into an introduction that works mm-hmm. either through text chain or through an email, boy, you're really able to uh, separate yourself from the pack in mm-hmm. your prospecting effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had one of your clients um, that you referred to me, we were helping with a website. I was asking him how he engages and he said, he'll get, if he gets a referral from a client, he'll start the conversation with the referral by saying, uh, oh, you know, what did, what did Bob tell you about me when he, he gave you my, my contact information? He said, which invariably leads them to saying, oh, we, you know, positive things about him. So he said that we get the meeting already off, you know, on the right footing just because we're hitting that note. So I thought that was a, you know, kind of an elegant way to start a, a potential new relationship. So you yeah. use a term, sea captain referrals. How does this work in this framework? And, and what is, you know, how do you dub something a sea captain referral? What makes it so? Well, the sea captain referral was an evolution of my coaching. I was trying to give a referral a catchy name mm-hmm. that people would connect with where they knew when they got this introduction, it was valuable. Okay. It was a, an introduction in their client profile, which is who they're targeting. Mm-hmm. And there are five elements of a client profile. Mm-hmm. One is income, occupation, mm-hmm. assets, but also hobbies and interests or passions. And then the final one is core values. So those five components make up a client profile. And so when you hit at least two of the five, mm-hmm. two of the five characteristics, of which the most important one, my opinion, core values, you're hitting at least two of the five, then you check the box for a sea captain introduction. And that those are meaningful. Those are worth focusing on. Mm -hmm. I coach a lot to having introductions done where all parties are involved, Mm -hmm. either through text chain or even in person. And so there's a lot to unpack on that particular segment. Maybe that may be a, Another time we'll do a full yeah. session on the, the specifics, but but that is Sea Captain. Yeah. These are the Glenn Gary leads, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you and I are both big believers in helping uh, the people we work with and creating an ideal client profile. 
you know, I'll, I'll sometimes describe it to my clients as a way to, to clone, you know, your best clients. There's a famous advertising man, a, a madman named Leo Burnett, who said, we're looking for people with our shaped heads, which I <laughs> thought was a funny way of putting it. So how do you help your clients apply this ideal client profile strategy, put it to work in growing their practice? Well, as I touched on earlier, uh, the five components, right? We, mm-hmm. we talked about, um, just to restate, we talked about occupation, income, assets, hobbies and interests, and core values, those five layers. Sure. So if, if I'm having a conversation with someone, I might set out a specific time where we're focusing on the relationship. Okay. Now I may do this 25 to 30 times a year with my top clients, my sea captain clients, if you will. And the entire focus is based on how do I replicate those characteristics with people I'm with. So I might do that at an event. I might do that doing something special. I might simply have a meeting that is centered around it. But I am layering in the, the core values or the character traits I admire in that person. So, for example, if I'm with you, Greg, and I'll use you as an example, if I'm with you, I might say, Greg, you know, my goal this year is to bring in about 25 new clients into my firm. And I'd like five of them to be just like you creative, energetic, supportive, responsible. Those are things that I see in you and some of the things I admire about you. Yeah. And it's very flattering to the person that you're talking to, you know? Yeah. And how many times a year do you, do you think they hear that from someone? Uh, get a compliment like that? I would yeah. think not very frequently. Somewhere between zero and none. <laughs> right. And, right. And that becomes really the essence of separation. which is it's about the relationship. Now, you may not even know that you're a top relationship of mine. Notice I didn't say top client. Mm -hmm. I said top relationship, which means that there may be more characteristics than just the amount of revenue that I generate from you Mm -hmm. or the amount of time we spend. It's just a respect element and a character trait element that I want to replicate. Now, for most of the clients that I coach, they do a good job here. 80% of their new revenue will come from this strategy. Wow. It's like Pareto. Yeah. Right. right. 80, 20. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we focus on it and spend all the time. And that's why it's worth uh, really doing a deeper dive here. Yeah. It's almost like the, the part of it, it reminds me of like the rule of reciprocity where you do something nice for somebody and they feel compelled to return the the favor, like you take me out and you buy lunch, then the next time I'm not, you know, I'm not going to let you do it twice. It's my turn. <laughs> yeah, but it has to be genuine. And that's right. You can't fake this one. Sure. You sure. have the relationship or you don't. We have some revenue clients that are valued because of the revenue, but aren't necessarily valued because of character traits. We've all developed those clients. They're difficult at times. And over time, as we evolve in our practice, we evolve them away. Right. So how do you coach your clients to find these target audiences that you think have high potential? Well, first thing is you're going to spend time segmenting your clients. 
and run them through that filter. Who actually in my current client base fits the client profile? Who has the passions? Who has the uh, core values match? Mm -hmm. Who is referring us possibly? Who's generating revenue at a high level? Who do we just really enjoy meeting with? Now, Mm -hmm. for most client bases, they're looking at about a 25 to 75 at most where they where they fit this category. Okay. Then you start to operate with it with your team and start to determine a strategy that allows for greater attention, possibly, mm-hmm. certainly inviting them to things, a client experience, if you will, and start to really work on that piece because that's very valuable to going up the food chain with regards to your client base. Yeah. And I've noticed that, you know, the common experiences is a big thing. I noticed some of my clients and some of your clients that I've met who, you know, might have a special needs child or a special needs family member, you know, they offer special needs planning, you know, as part of their practice. I've talked to a number of advisors who, you know, are maybe military veterans. And so they specialize in helping other veterans because they know the benefits in the program. So it seems like it's a win-win for both parties. Yeah. And, and it's good that you mentioned that piece because going down the hobbies and interest track would suggest that it's lifestyle hobbies and lifestyle interests. When community, charity, yep. family situation all come into play when you're talking about interests, yeah, those are valuable pieces and uh, great examples of, of how you can not only grow in that space, but really do some wonderful things for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a guy named Harry Beckwith. I think I'd mentioned to you, he wrote a book called Selling the Invisible, which is a great read if you're in the service industry. And he says that uh, life is like high school. You tend to work with people that you like, you know, it's human nature. So I know you advise your clients to adapt. Um, a CEO mindset is a big piece of the puzzle um, in your in your in your coaching. So is there any element of that that applies to this prospecting to passion with the CEO yeah, mindset good. piece? It's a great question. You are on your game today <laughs> um, because that's a that's a great uh, question. As a CEO, there are some layers to consider when you're prospecting to passions prospecting to client profile, growing your client base, going up market. And it's a team sport. Number one, team involvement. So that there's a constant focus within the organization, not just with me as an advisor, but the entire team knows that this is an important strategy. The entire team knows when a C-captain client calls in. The second piece is carving out time to accomplish these. I have certain clients that work quarterly, think CEO mindset again, that work quarterly on this strategy and have certain days earmarked where they're doing client top relationship, client-driven events or experiences where they're focusing on this this, uh, objective. You know, the most common one you'll hear about is people having a golf outing. Okay. Very common, but there's, there are a lot of different layers that you can use a strategy like this and then hitting a quarterly objective. And we're pretty heavy on financial advising today, but this would be the case with all sales. 
And, you know, where's that next great person going to get introduced to us where our energy and um, regeneration in what we do comes from that new relationship we meet and learn from? So from a marketing and a branding perspective, you know, you can also brand your business in a way that attracts like-minded people. One of the more interesting examples is I worked with an advisor who branded his practice Gen X Wealth Advisor. He was a member of Generation X, and he felt like they were an overlooked, underserved market. And he was all in. He was um, he's like, I'm going to have a Nintendo machines. We're going to be listening to Bon Jovi, uh, uh, you know, Bon Jovi music. When people come in, I'm going to have snacks from, you know, back in the day for the latchkey kids. So I, 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 yeah, I thought that was interesting. So I didn't actually personally play a lot of Nintendo. Uh, one of my, my son's friends, dad's called it no friendo, get yeah, right. no friendo and get outside. So yeah, I didn't know if you've had anything similar. I also worked with this, a couple of advisors, a guy had been a merchant Marine and he had this book that included a lot of merchant Marines. So I guess it just, you know, makes sense that, you know, the kind of birds of a feather flock together kind of mindset. Yeah. And this is, you were very strategic with this question because it allows you to promote your marketing and branding opportunity. Absolutely. You're, you're yeah. very subtle. You're very subtle, but you're <laughs> very subtle good as at an it. avalanche, my dad yeah. used to say. <laughs> but but the but I get your point. And and that yeah. is, yeah, what is your branding strategy? What is your marketing approach? What do you want to be known for? Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the gifts of having an established client base is you no longer have to be everything to everybody. Right. You can start to take a more a more structured more laser focused approach to who you like to be around who you feel you serve best you're exactly right and some of it comes in the form of how you market whether it's on your website whether it's on your social media you know i'm seeing a lot of really exciting websites or what are called capabilities decks these yep. which shows what you're able to do in the first 3 to 5 minutes of a meeting but also shows who you are, who your team is, what are their personal and professional uh, goals and attributes that make them special. And I found if you have about 10 different ways of connecting with someone, you're going to find it's like six degrees of separation or, mm-hmm. or Kevin Bacon, however you want to look at it. <laughs> if you put about 10 different things on there, that are just very subtle, but very personal. You're going to find somebody who connects. I had a a coaching client the other day that said, our community involvement page got us this client. And there wasn't even a connection to the same charitable interests or community interests. There was just the fact that they were paying attention to it and they had a passion around it. Mm -hmm. And that really attached. Everything else in the slide deck looked like uh, looked pretty normal, but it was that community involvement that made a difference. Mm-hmm. And so those are those are some examples. Yeah, I worked with a, a guy that had a prospect, and as part of his bio, he listed his you know he was married and he had kids. And she said, "Oh my gosh, I have three kids, and they have the same name, the same names." <laughs> 
So he's like, that just put some good, you know, magic sauce on it. And we ended up working together. So you never know. It's a great example. All right, Phil. So as we wrap today, what do you think are some of the key things that, uh, you know, people can take away to use uh, some of this prospecting to your passion concept and apply it to what they're to their business? Well, first of all, passion matters. You've earned the right after all this time of doing all of that hard work, kissing some frogs in some cases, <laughs> to get to a place where you have a client base, let's say 250 or more, that you've earned the right to choose from here who you take on. And that means paying attention to what are the connective elements of a client profile, of which one of those main elements is passion, hobbies and interests, and making sure that as you're out with people, you're replicating your top people based on character traits, passions, and interests, and making sure that, that they understand how much they mean to you in the relationship. And so that's probably the biggest theme. But then their last piece I'll add is there were some layers we went into, right. for example, marketing and branding. How do you use technology to make connection? How do you share your passions on your website, right? On your sure. social media. Sure. And you'll notice on Sea Captain coaching uh, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, shameless plug, <laughs> the, uh, is that you'll see what we feature, which are human beings succeeding yeah. in their life, lifestyle, right. and motivation. Right. Those are the three things. We never talk business on social media. We just focus on those three things. And, and I think because of that, people appreciate the fact that we're paying attention. Yeah. And I always think I like the fact when you talk to your clients and say, we're going to have fun. So I think, you know, taking this approach is a way I would think to stay energized and, and to, you know, enjoy what you're doing is if you're, you know, you're feeling disconnected and able to contribute with your clients, you know, in a, in a meaningful way every day. Yeah. And it's nice at this stage to be able to do that where you don't feel financial pressure. You don't feel compromised in it. You can stay mission driven, which mm -hmm. is to serve others. You know, talked about that in one of our other segments, which was, which was the lighthouse where the beacon is shining out on yeah. the people you serve. And so, yeah, it's nice to be in a position where you don't have to compromise that. And yet, even for some that get to that place, they still feel that pressure. We call it a, a pattern familiar. Mm -hmm. And I learned that from a coach of mine uh, mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. And that causes us to still stay in the same spot. So there is a risk to going down this path, but boy, the payoffs are something. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I appreciate the time today, Phil. Once again, you dropped some major knowledge on us that uh, you know I think everybody will find helpful. So thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Greg. Uh, as always, you are spot on and prepared and uh, make this easy for me. Thanks. I'm sharpening up my pencils for my scorecard for the uh, <laughs> playoff for run that's about I, to happen. I love it. I love it. Talk soon. All right. Talk soon. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. 
To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey. 